0: My name is Greg Liller, I'm the um, COO and uh, Executive Chairman of Sierra Madre Gold and Silver. Uh, Sierra Madre was a company that Alex and I and some of the other, and the other founders put together. Uh, I think we started privately about five years ago, um, six years ago, but our objective was always to become the next mid-tier silver producer.
1: Well. Let's 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 talk about that today, Greg. Because I mean, you've just put out um, an increased uh, measured indicated uh, resource number up seven. I'm sorry, three hundred and seventy three uh, percent. So maybe hit me with some of the numbers and, and tell us a little bit about how you got there.
0: Well, the the total uh, indicated is around three point eight million tons, and it's going uh, around seven ounces of silver per ton. Um, that does include some uh, bulk tonnage deposits, as I call them. Um, the inferred is up at uh, 4.1 million tons at 153 grams. Uh, that's a bit lower because we included uh, 2 million tons of tailings that's just sitting there that grades uh, 75 grams. Uh, it's, uh, we're doing test work right now to determine uh, the processing parameters for that. Um, but no, we, uh, when we took this on, First Majestic only included in their resource base the Nazareno and Colossal mines. Um, having run this operation in the past, I knew there was a, a much larger uh, potential and much more uh, area, drills in a lot more areas. So we basically spent uh, for, since April, actually before April, April's when we completed the transaction, um, putting together a project-wide database Bringing together uh, um, some drill hole databases that Luis Sines, my director of exploration and development, and myself had from our previous involvement with the property. Um, We recovered some assays from uh, ALS Chemics, covering that so that we were able to uh, get a good look at the total project resource um, and hence the big difference.
1: Okay. Well, correct. Craig, let me say this right. So the market for Mexican silver companies is extremely weak. Okay, there's a lot of you guys. There's 90 of you guys, and I can't. I, I'm not sure I can sort of stomach an ex- another exploration story in a risk-off market like this, with again significantly increased uh, chance of, of of failure. So I'm looking for development stories. I'm looking for near t- near-term production stories. And last time uh, we spoke about your focus and your focus was on getting into production quickly. Has anything changed?
0: No. no. Fantastic. Um we're, we're in the process now of uh, fixing the mill up, um, changing out some pumps, doing some replumbing. Uh, we found a lot of mining equipment on site that uh, I thought it was junk, it was in what I call a boneyard. Um, it turned out it could be rebuilt. And so we've got some, we've got two scoops now, mining uh, scoop trams. They look like they're brand new. And uh, uh, new motors, um, they're ready to go. We're rebuilding a jumbo. We actually have two jumbos. Um, We'll get the smaller one working first. Um, We've got, I don't know how many, jack legs and stopers for the conventional underground mining. Um, We're, this is, we own a mine. We're just in the process of planning the uh, how, how to feed it. and okay. uh, Yeah, that'll be the, our next step is to get a, a mine plan out. Uh, we've got all the production records. We, we know how much consumption of reagents and chemicals there was, how much electrical uh, needs were for the plant, um, how much AMFRO was used, that's the blasting material, all the uh caps wiring everything that goes with that we've got the entire uh, production cost records from first majestic Uh, so all we need to do is uh just um get the costs nowadays for what those materials were we already have a union contract in place so we know what our our costs are going to be there um so it's just a matter of plugging these into uh, a mine plan and uh we need the resource first and then uh, uh by i'm hoping the end of the first quarter next year um begin the second quarter that we'll have a a, a full mine plan out with uh, reserve base um and like a lot of these projects uh we don't do a pa we don't have to do a feasibility study because it's already built and we've got all the cost records um we know Got a good hand on what it's going to take us capital wise to get it into production, and uh, so yeah, we're not that, um, we're not going to throw out a, a feasibility guesstimate as as far as the prices. I mean, uh, um, we'll 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 have ours nailed down a lot better than uh, any start from scratch feasibility study could ever hope for.
1: Okay, so I'm, I'm, I just want to do mining mining for dummies, and and by dummies I mean me. So in terms of understanding, what it is it? Okay, this is a mine restart. You're positioning it yeah. as, right? You Okay, so it's a case of how do I feed this thing? So the resource update and, and seems to be reserved. Um, Will says we can feed this thing. You've got the mine and the mine permits. Is that right? Oh, yeah. No, I, oh, yeah. everything's
0: okay. pretty. You can turn on the switch anytime. Um, okay. Fact, okay. I do want to have a, a nice long-term mine plan. So that we don't uh, go in there and, and scoop out a bunch of ore and go, oh gosh, I didn't do any development. Um, right. I, so, I so you so don't explain, want to be it, in that position.
1: Break it, break it down for me, okay? Because I, I'm sure I want to keep this real, real simple because I, I like these advanced stage projects because they're near, they're near term revenue and therefore more likely to get funded. Um, you've okay, we've got the resource and it seems to be reserved, and you'll get a mine plan. So the mine plan needs to show what you talked about. We need a development plan, but what what are the other things on the list? Are well, the mine sound. plan is,
0: it gives you the sequence in which you're going to mine things. And we'll carry it out uh, a few years, probably typically three years, maybe five years. Um, but that then will tell you what your needs are, ongoing development, how much that's going to cost you, um, how much you need. Um, then you've got your actual uh, direct mining costs. Um, all that will be determined out of the, the mine plan. So it's basically your cookbook. For running the mine for the next couple of years. Right.
1: Okay. So, so, so just, just to get um, some people are kind of used to the conventional, we need to kind of go through an economic study phase, PEA, PFS, feasibility, DFS, right? So, that's a way of presenting that information. And mine plan, as you're laying it out, that's your own internal figures, not independently audited or
0: verified in any way. How do you present that to the market? That'll be done um, with a, a third party. Um, it, it'll be a combination of us and them working together. Um, I'll bring in several consultants, uh, QPs on on this one. I, I'm a geologist by training. I mean, I've, I've run mines before, but I always like to get an expert opinion on uh, on everything. But but no, it's it's your. Um, like I guess it's it's like your cookbook. How you're going to make this thing work for the next uh, four or five years? And the one thing I've seen with startup failures or startup issues is people start deviating from that cookbook right when they get in production, sometimes even before production. And it's like you don't, like it's like a cookbook, it's a recipe. You don't start improvising on a recipe until you've successfully made it a couple of times and then you can start tweaking it. But you don't change uh, horses in the middle of the stream, I guess, middle of the river, right. that saying goes. Let's make
1: one up. Uh, whatever, whatever the saying is. I, look, here, here's, here's the thing. You, you, okay, it was a mine. You've silly, you've got some tailings. Uh, and as I understand, uh, there's, they've also, because the cutoff rates were very different back in the day, they also used some of those tailings as backfill. So you've got to, and then you've obviously got the, the, the hard rock to get after. So how do you kind of phase that? Is there, in a market like this, where money's tough to come by, where, you know, inflation environment things cost a little bit more, and let's let's face it, getting a mine up and running, you know, you, you got it. That takes that takes money to, to do, and it's got a and you, you kind of it doesn't happen overnight, right? So, how do you fund all of that? What what do the next few months look like?
0: We've already been approached for offtake agreements, um, which would involve an advance payment for the rights to the offtake uh, sale of a royalty. Um, you mentioned the uh, uh, tailings. What I find more interesting is the what they call retakes that are in the right. old stokes. This is broken ore. Uh, it was was that the kind of backfill? Is that is that? Yeah, they it was in mine back in the nineteen um, nineties uh, when metal price was much much lower. They needed about a, a half kilo uh, cutoff to make money. So anything that was less than a half kilo that they had to move in order to get to the high grade, they just use that to backfill the old stoves. So it's essentially broken ore that's sitting there. And, um, I've seen various estimates, but appears that we might have 300,000 tons of that. Um, that can be pulled out at zero mining cost, just haulage, maybe a little bit of development has to be done, but not much. Um, and then um, haul that to the mill and um, do our uh, uh, startup testing and uh, tweaking of the mill to get the performance of the mill up. Um, If we can grind a bit finer, then uh, we can get a a better recovery than they historically have in the past. So uh, First Majestic was was doing some of this uh, just before they shut down. So we've got uh, pretty good records on recoveries and and whatnot for it. So it, uh, but it's a freebie, and okay. we can generate the cash flow as as we um, before we start official mining. So you
1: can get you potentially in terms of fi- financing, you're looking at uh, offtake, you're looking at you've been offered royalties, etc. On this, but to kind of get the mill optimized and up and running, you put, you could potentially take some of this. I'm calling it backfill. So what's the what's the uh, Mexican phrase for it?
0: Ratakes.
1: Ratakes. So I'm getting some of this ratakes through the mill and you know fine fine-chain the mill. You've also, I guess, got tailings in there as well. That is a potential revenue strength for you. because again, the other the other part of what is happening out there in the marketplace is companies are raising money at um ever decreasing share prices and, you know, diluting the heck out of the existing shareholders. So are you saying potentially this is a way of I guess future proofing that 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 need to dilute. Uh, both uh, Alex Langer,
0: the CEO, and I are uh, um, we're some of the big two of the biggest private um, shareholders. I've got an awful lot of my own money in this, um, and uh, we're very conscious of dilution. I don't I don't want to see myself diluted. I don't want to see the other shareholders diluted. So if there's a way we can uh, do this without having to dip into a lot of equity that's the path uh, we're taking okay so, okay uh,
1: but between now and then between now and then presumably to get to a point where you could say we have a mine plan which' we agree, a cookbook which we we can all agree on and um, we understand how much we're gonna need to raise um, either fire offtake, take or, or and or royalty or not royalty. Are you going to need to raise capital to kind of get you to that decision-making point?
0: We're going to need about five, five right. and a half. Okay, US. okay. Um, we've already decided it this is a mine. It is a mine. So it's, it's we're not really at a decision point. It's just a matter of executing that.
1: Right. Okay. I, I, I meant sort of decision point in terms of you know what type of money you take you take on, um, and, and indeed the the, the strategy, the is uh, type model or the tailings type model or just go go straight straight at it so that those decisions yet to be made presumably yeah yeah
0: uh, we also have some uh, um, broken ore in stopes that uh, first majestic had uh, uh, drilled and blasted but uh, didn't put it through the mill before they shut down so right okay okay um,
1: no see they're, they're still in the picture here uh, in a sense I'm a significant major shareholder um, and they took it all in shares what Again, I, I assume you're talking to them regularly, and that is you're not considering that a major overhang. No, they're not going to be selling out from under you.
0: No, they've. Uh, um, I think they're they're looking to uh, dividend it out to uh, their shareholder base right over time. Um, yeah, no, I, there's no indication that it wouldn't be to their benefit to sell right now. Uh, okay.
1: Okay. They still believe uh,
0: in the property too. The manager right. does believe in the property too. So
1: right, and I, I think we I think we talked last time out about resale restrictions etc. in place um, to prevent yep. anything like that happening. Okay, cool. Um, so if I look at the Mexican, what I referred to at the beginning, the thing the Mexican silver companies are really struggling here, really really early. Which you're talking about being a near term producer, which is attractive in terms of the types of companies which are more likely to succeed than not. You've, you've been working in Mexico for like 30 plus years. Um. What, what what have you learned along the way?
0: I'm an I'm exploration geologist by training and uh, like I said, I've been there working in Mexico since 93. Um, there's always a lot of companies around kicking tires with high hopes and dreams but the reality of it is maybe one prospect out of a million uh, becomes a mine. By the time you get down to the stage where um, you see a a fair number of drill holes into it. Let's just say 20 or more. You're looking at at least a thousand. when out of a thousand then becomes a mine. So no, the odds of the building a miner they're against you. So, um, then they always are. You just have to have a, a good eye and be selective. Um, the advantage that we have is we already own a mine. It's already developed um i mean there's been guitar i'm not sure how many kilometers it's around 40 kilometers of uh development and workings have been driven there colossal nazareno there's another 12. that's a significant amount of money i mean start multiplying a kilometer by a thousand dollars and uh uh, you know it's, it's development we don't have to do it's already been done the plants already built Um, It's nameplates probably around 500 uh, tons uh, per day with the uh, bottleneck there being the ball mills. Um, But to build something like that today, uh, you're looking at $50 million in reality. um, We don't have to spend any of that money. So it's just, this is a a very unique opportunity. And I think our our resource study now shows um, the scale of things. I mean, we tripled the resource, more than tripled, almost quadrupled it without drilling a single drill. You know, th- there was a real savings for our, our shareholders too.
1: Yeah, t- time and money on the, on, the, on the mill for sure. Um, in terms of the scale, though, in terms of you know, okay, name nameplate is is one thing. How do how do you kind of push those boundaries? If you if you're going to do an offsite, say for instance, you you got money kind of flowing in. How do you increase the scale of the mill? because uh, yeah, there's lots of ways you can do it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. The bottleneck right now is the ball mills. We have uh, three that are functional, and we can get 500 nominally. You can probably push it a bit more than that. Um, so how do we scale that up? Um, if we can get a finer uh, uh, crush product going to those ball mills, yeah, you get more production than out of the ball mills. Um, the other option is to buy a, a new ball mill um, I've already sourced one that's about four hundred and ten thousand uh, US, uh, thirteen by eight uh, ball mill, and that'll basically give you around four hundred and fifty tons a day. Uh, that's with a four hundred and fifty horsepower motor. Um, it's not bad. We are we do have a fourth ball mill that's broken, but it'll it costs almost three hundred eighty thousand to repair, and it only does about seventy eight tons a day. So why bother when you can get something new like this and uh, uh, put that into place? So that would kind of alleviate that bottleneck. The next one would be the crushing circuit. Um, and we're going to have to look at our options there, but perhaps we have a, a modular unit um, outside and use that to crush the ore as it comes out. Um, that way we could get a better blending product going into the mill, but it's a finer product coming in. Right now nominal 10 inch is what the uh, old feed was coming out of the mine. Um, If you can knock that down to to 4 inches or 3 inches, then the feed coming out of the next jaw is even finer. It goes into the screen plant. You get a finer product coming out of the screen plant. So we're looking at options to do that. Um, The flotation circuit's probably good for 800 850 tons a day the guy that we've hired to uh, uh get everything up in running shape he ran the plant uh, before the shutdown um he figures he can uh do some replumbing and increase the efficiencies of the plant so that, that might be good for a thousand that's a that's a work in progress and a, a study in progress um we'll probably address some of this in the mine plan but um uh, no, how, how do we tweak this thing? How do we get it up to 1,000 tons a day at minimal capital uh, cost? That's what our focus is right now. But we've got the resource base to last for, I don't know, 1,000 tons a day. That's 150,000 tons, a little over that per year. We 3.8 million tons in indicated. So, you know, you can apply conversion factors. But that's a long time. By demonstrating this resource base, then, okay, then you can go, all right, how big can we get this? How quickly can we scale it up? Because our objective is to to hit that mid-tier, and uh, the bars keep moving on that. But you want to be above 2 million ounces a year of silver equivalent production. And I'd also like to add that our we're a silver gold mine. We're, we're not a uh, base metal mine masquerading as a uh, silver equivalent mine. And so, uh, no, we're we're pure precious metals, uh, weighted towards the the silver end of it. Right. Okay. So, just one one last
1: thing is, I, I, I understand the, the the model, what you what you're trying to do, how close you are, and you know, how you finance things. So, it, it's it's comforting. Um, certainly, in the context of what else is going on in Mexico. But let me ask you this question about Mexico, which is people are slightly nervous about what the Mexican government is trying to do. Is what they're trying to do fair and reasonable? In the sense that uh, you know the reforms are meant to for the benefit of, of, of the country, are they are they onerous? Should they put people off? Should the market be nervous of Mexico, or is this do you feel it's more as sort a of
0: broader equities you know risk off uh, kind of story? Um, the the uh, uh, mining reform um, actually has not taken effect. Um, there's some question. Um, if it was even done in a constitutional manner. Um, they The uh, Morena Party pushed this through in a, uh, a secret ballot location where the other parties could not participate. Um, so, no, this is something that's going to be decided by the, uh, um, the judiciary as to whether this was, was done legally or not. Are they onerous even if they are? No, because we have pre-existing concessions, we're a pre-existing operation, uh, and even the the president of Mexico has said this does not apply to pre-existing operations, which um, technically by uh, uh, NAFTA, and I forget what the other most recent uh, trade agreement was, um, you can't do this sort of thing. You can't do stuff retroactively. So um, there's an issue there. Um, there's other segments of the economy, uh, energy production, um, that there's some issues there that have gone to international arbitration. So some of this might just be a, um, kind of tit for tat pushback. Uh, but no, is the risk in Mexico any greater than the risk in the U S? No, the permitting risk in the U S is. Yeah, there's a reason why in 93, I swore I'd never work in the U.S. again. Um, I did once and kicked myself. Yes, it was the same thing all over again. So, no, you got your permitting risks. Um, uh, B.C., God, you never know what they're going to do. Uh, no offense to my Vancouver colleagues. But, you know, they, they change every few years the, the goalposts there. So, no, um, the risk is every place has its risk. Um, right now it's just a general lack of interest in the equities because you can finally get 5, 5.5% five on your money just sitting there in a, a CD or a bank account. So that sucked a lot of the put money out. Um, I think, you know, the novelty of that will get over and then people will want to try it for the uh, high risk, high, high reward type investments again. But right now we can get this into production for, uh, very little money. And so, um, I guess that's, that's the biggest difference between, uh, Sierra Madre and these other projects is, um, we already have a mine. It's just now a matter of getting a plan and putting it back into production.